Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Today, I'm super pumped because not only do I get to preach to a great group of adults, but I also get to preach to a great group of kids, right? Yeah? My son's not even looking at me. He's turned the other way. I'm going to throw this microphone right at Benjamin Nichols. You sit your butt down in that seat. Otherwise, you're going to get tomahawked with this microphone here in about two seconds. Just Um, But today, I'm preaching a sermon that I've entitled, Not Afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, Not Afraid. Not afraid. How many of you guys know what, ho- what uh, holiday is coming up here just this next week? Ho- Halloween, some people said it. Anybody here excited for Halloween? Couple people are hot. Couple people are excited here for Halloween. Uh, yeah. Um, what are you guys dressing up as? Princess Peach, okay. A cheerleader? Something about a crocodile, I heard. I'm dressing up as Fat Dad, so if you ever see... None of you other dads take that. You, I've got the copyrights to it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things, this is the season that when it comes to the church that it gets a little bit strange, a little bit different. I grew up in a time in which when it came to Halloween, churches, we did not celebrate Halloween. My family did not celebrate Halloween. I grew up in a very churchy home, uh, and my mom, our thing was for Halloween, we would do this thing. It's terrible now, and when I think about it, I understand where they were coming from. I'm not, mom, if you're watching from Ohio, I'm not dogging on you. Uh, you did a great job. But we used to do this thing where we would go home, we would turn off our lights to our front porch, and we would watch a movie. Anybody else did that? Don't raise your hand. That was not something to be proud of. We totally, we totally did that. Uh, but now, now I look at it, and I, I totally understand what my parents and, and what the church has done with that. It's really tough to, and, and it shouldn't at any point we celebrate, I believe, fear or evil. I, I don't think that's something that should be celebrated at all. I don't think Jesus would celebrate that. I think one thing that Jesus would do, though, is he would celebrate community. He would spend time loving on his neighbors. And so I want to challenge you with this. If you're the kind of person who's not celebrating Halloween, that's, that's fine. But as a follower of Christ and as a good neighbor, go out and buy the biggest honking Snickers bars that you can get. And as you got kids in your neighborhood that stop by your, don't turn your lights off. Go give them a candy bar and say Jesus loves them or, or I love you. I hope you guys have a great, a great Halloween. Go get those, uh, oh, the Reese's pumpkins. Those are, yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, I know. I'm on a diet. I can't even have them. But you guys, you guys will have some for me, right? Yeah, Reese, yeah, you'll have some for me. You're great. Uh, but I think it's a great opportunity to celebrate and to, to connect with our community. And so that's what we're going to do. That's what my family's going to do here this, this next week as Fat Dad and Hot Mom. I don't, I don't know. What are you dressing up as? NASCAR Mom? Sweet. Lady who's struggling at trying to raise three kids, one of them who's 39 years old, right? That's where you're going to jump as a, yeah. Um, but when it comes to, to Halloween, the reason why there's so much tension is because it, it's, Sometimes it can be a celebration of, of fear and maybe evil. I, anyone, anyone here like uh, uh, horror movies or scary movies? I'm praying for you, dude. I don't know how you I can't do it. I, I am so, I'm the biggest chicken in the world, I'm going to tell you right now. Like, I go in the house, and it's dark, and if I hear a bump, I'm like, Erica, go see what it is. Um, I'm not, that ain't, that ain't it. Um, 
But I, I don't like that. I don't like horror, uh, scary movies. I don't like uh, um, like like uh, what are, haunted houses. I don't do haunted house. Closest thing I have to a haunted house is like I'll wake up at 3 a.m. and Ben Ben Nichols is staring me in the face, and that about scare you, scare you lifeless. Um, but I, I don't like that stuff because fear is not fun to me. I don't. I don't. I just. There's so many of us that we experience fear on a daily basis. There's stuff that we fight against fear, and I believe that very, very much so that fear sometimes keeps us from experiencing God's best for our life. And so I asked my kids and I asked some other people this past week, what are some things that we are afraid of? What are things that, that, that ha- give us fear in our life? What, what do you think came up? One of them was spiders. Kids, anybody here scared of spiders? I hate spiders. They're gross. I can't. I, as a little kid, I watched this movie, Arachnophobia. Don't go watch it. I didn't shower as a middle schooler for like three weeks after that because there was a, shower, there was a spider in the shower. It's terrible. Uh, what about snakes? Anyone likes, anyone afraid of snakes? Yep. Hate snakes. Not a big snake person. Um, my wife, if she sees a snake at our house, she wants to burn the house to the ground and move to a different state. That's how much she hates, hates snakes. Uh, here's something for New Smyrna. What about sharks? Anybody here afraid of sharks? I don't want to be anywhere near a shark. Yeah, the great whites, I'm not a big fan of great whites. We've got a picture, oh yeah, that's a great white. Um, and here was the strain with clowns. Anyone afraid of clowns? I don't, <laughs> everybody puts their head down. Nope, not looking at it. I mean, I get it, they're weird. I'm not afraid of them. Um, uh, clowns were one, flying was one. Quicksand, what about quicksand? How many of you guys remember as kids, like, being afraid of, I have never seen quicksand a day in my life. I don't even know, like, I, I've totally forgot how you're supposed to deal with quicksand because I've never seen it. Um, and then this was one that we all probably at some point were afraid of. We all have been afraid of the dark. Bum, bum, bum. Oh. Sweet. All right. Give it up for the tech team. Special effects, spared no expense. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we've all been afraid of things. We've all dealt with fear in our lives. But for some of us, that fear has been a very real thing. We've gotten to the point where it, it goes beyond just being afraid of the dark and being afraid of sharks and spiders and stuff like that. It's being afraid of health scares. Being afraid of separation. Being, of being alone. Uh, of being abandoned. We have fears of, of, of the unknown, of what's around the corner, and, and fears about our deepest, darkest secrets being, being found out. I, I don't like fear. I feel like fear is something that holds me back from living the life that God would have for me. I, I feel like fear is the thing that, that holds me back from experiencing God's best. And so I want to take a few minutes and let's look into the word. Let's look into the the stories of of guys that he used in huge ways and see how we can battle fear together. You guys all right with this so far? Kids, you with me? All right, let me pray for us and we're going to jump right into it. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives and what you're doing in our church. I thank you for the generations that are represented here today. I pray that you would, as the good father that you are, that you would help us all to grow 
from the youngest person here to the oldest person here. I know that you, you've called us all to spiritually take a step of action in our faith. And I thank you for it. Teach us today how we can combat fear. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Oh, uh, kids, I heard like one person say amen. I need an amen from the kids over here. One, two, three, amen. That's way better, way better. I know you guys are way louder over, over in the kids' ministry, right? So today we're going to be in the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel is uh, located in the Old Testament. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there now, or you can look at the screen above me. Uh, or, uh, thanks to our fantastic uh, um, creative arts director, TJ, uh, if you pull open the Bible app on your phone and go to live events, you can actually see the exact scriptures that I'm going to be reading here today and any notes that are in there. You can reference them here later in the week, too, if you want to do that. Uh, also, I didn't do this, but thank you so much for all the people tuning in online, doing church online. What up from Florida? Uh, leave in the comments where you're tuning in from uh, and what the temperature is. It's a, it's a nice, what was the temperature today, like 80 degrees maybe? Daniel Gibson, what is it? 70? It's nice. Daniel Gibson, he's a Florida boy. He's got a sweater on right now, so it's, it's, a, nice, it's a nice day. Um, so we're in the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verse 2 to 3. And, and Daniel, you need to know, was someone that loved God. He had a relationship with God. He had the blessings of God on his life. The things that Daniel touched turned out to, to be really good things. They multiplied, and, and the things that he produced, the things that he managed, uh, were done very successfully. On top of that, God also gave Daniel the ability to interpret specific dreams that the Holy Spirit would tell him about. And we pick up the story of Daniel in chapter 6 of the book of Daniel, verse 2 to 3. It says, The king chose Daniel and two other administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. And so Daniel is so good at his job. God's blessed him so much and given him the right mind to be able to manage the things he needs to manage that, that the king says, I'm going to put you in charge of everything. As we're going to find out, though, this did not make a lot of people happy because although that Daniel was, was blessed and everything he touched, he was also not of the same people group. And so we see in Daniel chapter 6, verse 4, it says that then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way that Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. When I read this, I remind myself that even though uh, we call ourselves followers of Christ, even though we're, we're Christians, even though we, we try to live lives, uh, lives in, a, in a way that would be honoring God, it does not mean that hardship is not going to come our way. It doesn't mean that trouble is not going to come our way. It doesn't mean that, that the enemy is not going to try to attack us, even if we're doing everything right. Then in the midst of us doing everything right, there's still going to be opportunity for us to be afraid of what's coming down the line. Be afraid of the dangers that are lurking in the darkness. Daniel chapter 6, verse 6 to 9, it says, So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement, we, the administrators and officials, the high officers, the advisors, and the governors, we're all in agreement that the king should make a law that will, that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the, for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone divine or human except for you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den 
of lions. Now, because the king's vain, he likes this idea, this idea that no one prays to anybody for the next 30 days except to the king. At some point, his pride is, he's like, man, this, this is a good idea. And, he's, and they, they tell me, they said, if this happens, if we catch anybody praying, that we're going to throw them into a den of lions. Now, here's the thing. I've uh, grown up in Florida. I've not experienced any lions very much in the wild. Anybody here seen a lion in the wild? I've not, right? So this is kind of one of those things where it's like, I, maybe the fear factor doesn't kick in when you think about lions. But do we have any surfers in the room? Imagine if this wasn't lions. Imagine if this was a pool of sharks. What about if, if the president of the United States, put yourself in Daniel's shoes right now. The president of the United States says, if you pray to anybody but talk to him for the next 30 days, you're going to get thrown into a pool of sharks. Does that make anybody a little afraid? Yeah, three people? Yeah, I would not like that. Uh, I hope sharks like guys with messy draws because that's what would be happening for me. In verse 8, it goes on, it says, And now, your majesty, issue and sign this law so it can't be changed. An official law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. So this is saying this is a very specific law that no matter what, even if the king changes his mind during this time, the law cannot be revoked. At some point, these guys figured out a way to trick the king into writing this. He writes it and he signs it. And it's a done deal. But here's the thing. Daniel, when he finds out about this, is going to be torn. Because Daniel loves God. Daniel has a relationship with the Father, with his heavenly Father, beyond what maybe fear would allow him to separate. And so we pick this up. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says, But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. Today, if, if I had one point for this message, if there was one thing that you remembered, if there was something that you, you posted on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever the, wherever the heck that you're on, I don't know anymore these days, it would be this. You have a choice every day to wake up and choose fear or choose the Father. With whatever you're stressing out, with whatever's going on in your life right now, whether it's money you might be like, man, I came in here and I looked at my bank, I looked at my Chase or my Truist account, whatever it is, and there was not a whole lot of money in there at all. And I understand what that feeling can feel like. You feel some tension, you feel some worry, you feel some anxiety. You start to think, man, I got to get out there and hustle come Monday. I got to figure something out because if I don't, man, there's going to be pain. There's going to be something that happens to me. And we can choose in those, those situations to feed into the fear and make our actions happen because of the fear. Or we can remember that we have the opportunity to live in the shadow of the Father. And although we might have a little, we serve a God that can provide a lot. I think about even my own self and, and things I've gone through. There's been times where I've been financially strapped. It's been tough to get through life. But just hypothetically, imagine if you had someone in your life that, that had a lot of money, that, that you had access to it, 
That at some point you knew that if you fell on hard times, if things got bad enough, or if even you just asked, they would step in and they would help you out. It would, take, it would take the fear off quite a bit, wouldn't it? The same thing is true when it comes to our Heavenly Father. We serve a God in heaven that wants to provide for us. He wants to protect us. He wants to help us out along the way. But so many times we get so focused on the fear that we forget that we live in the shadow of the Father. And although we might need this, it's nothing compared to what he has access to. Same thing when it comes to our relationships. Sometimes we, we get afraid and we're like, God, we're just going to be alone forever. We're not going to meet the right person. Or is this the right person? We let this anxiety build up in us. And all the while, God's like, man, just, just choose me and let me help guide you along the way. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be worried about it. Let me help, let me help direct your path. One of the things I hate doing is uh, watching the news. Because I feel like the news, they do, they do a great job of, of connecting to and trying to, to work on that, that fear element of our lives. The end is coming. The world's falling apart. Man, we, we never communicate or talk about anything good anymore. It's always the fearful things. We get passionate about politics because at some point we're afraid of if it doesn't go the way that we want it to go, what's our world going to be like? But the truth is in your life, you have the ability to, to choose to live in that fear element. Or if you understand that you serve a God that is bigger than that, you have an opportunity to, to choose to live in the Father. We have a Father in heaven, God Almighty. Jesus refers to him not, not just as his Father, but as our Father, who loves us enough that wants to help us and protect us and guide us and teach us all along the way. And these things that we get afraid of, these things that we get worried of, these things that give us anxiety, he wants to help us through. Daniel specifically, he understood this. He said, I'm not going to give in to fear. I don't care about the, the, the lions and the pit. I don't care about what the, these other guys around me are going to, go, going to say or think if they catch me praying. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to choose the Father every time. Verse 6, chapter 11, it says, Then the officials went together to Daniel's house, and they found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about the law. He says, Did you not say, or do you not sign a law, that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied. That decision stands. It is an official law of the Mandes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. These leaders then told the king that Daniel was the one that was caught praying, caught breaking the law, and immediately the king knew that he had been tricked. Immediately the king started to be afraid and started to worry. It says this in verse 14, it says, Hearing this, the king was deeply troubled, and he tried to think of a way to save Daniel. He spent the rest of the day looking for a way to get Daniel out of the predicament. Many times we do the same thing with ourselves. We worry and we stress about the thing that we're afraid of, the thing that we're dealing with, and we think there's got to be a way we can strategically position ourselves. We can make a plan, a path through this. We can, we can, we can strategically work around the fear to get to where we need to go. Unfortunately, that's not how it happens, though. Because it says this in verse 16, it says, So at last... The king gave the order for Daniel to be arrested 
and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, may your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and could not sleep all that night. I looked on the internet and I wanted to give a visual for, especially for the kids, of what maybe it looked like to be in a den full of lions. And, and this is the best that I could have come up with. We do research about these lions that were in this. This was not a thing where this was a zoo. They would have caught these lions, they would have thrown them in the pit, and they would have not fed them at all. So to the point where these lions would have been at the brink of starvation, and that anything that got put in the pit, they would devour because, because they were so hungry. And so as the king is worried and stressed and trying to find a way through it, he does what the law commands, and he throws Daniel into this pit. And he goes home and he fasts. Verse 19, it says, very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out, of the lion, out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? As he sat there and waited, Daniel answered, he said, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so they could not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. It says in verse 23 that the king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den, and not a scratch was found on him, for he trusted in his God. The most powerful part of the story, this is already a miracle that's happened. Daniel doesn't have a scratch on him. Daniel survived. But what happens next is what the king says to the people around him. Daniel, verse 26 to 27 says, I decree that everyone throughout the kingdom shall tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. He says, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. And he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Church, the reason why this is so powerful because this isn't Daniel saying this. This isn't Daniel, this is the king. See, all Daniel did in this situation is he decided when the choice came to choose fear or choose the Father, he says, I'm going to live in relationship with the Father every time. And because his actions showed that he had so much faith and that he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to cry and shrink away, he wasn't going to, to live in the fear that he was going to live in the, the Father, it affected the world around him to the point where the king declares that that is the way to live. He declares that, that living in the shadow of the Father is far greater, far better than living inside of fear. I want to challenge you with this. As you go through life and the things that you're fearful of, the struggles that you have, when you choose to live in the Father and have faith and direct your attention to him when fear comes up, 
it doesn't just have an effect on you. It has effect on the world around you. It doesn't just have an effect on, on, on your situation. It has effect on the leaders that are around you as you choose to have faith and trust in him. It's not an easy thing to do. I want to give you at, at, least, at least three things that I believe that will help with this. When it comes to, if you're, if you're here today and you're struggling with fear, anxiety, worry, this is something that's kind of become a theme in your life. I think there's, there's three key parts. Um, one of them is biblical. The other two is just my opinion. So please take it with a grain of salt. The first one is, is prayer. I know and I believe that prayer works when it comes to the things that you're afraid of. When it comes to the anxiety and the stress and the worry that you have in your life, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 says this. This is the words of Jesus. He says, so do not worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows what you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today, trouble is enough for today. I believe that prayer works. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. As the band comes up, I want to tell you this. Prayer is a fantastic way to combat fear. If you're afraid, if you're dealing with anxiety and worry, let that be a time in your brain or something in your brain that, that reminds you, this is my chance to connect with the Father. I'm not going to choose fear. I'm going to choose the Father. Prayer is a fantastic tool in your arsenal. The second thing is this, and this is my opinion. This is from my own experience. If you struggle with anxiety, worry, and fear in your life, there are some fantastic Christian counselors in this area. I know because I've attended, I've, I've talked to them. I've gone and been a patient for a counselor. We live in a world where I feel like counseling is looked down upon, it's looked as weakness. We don't want to go because we think, man, it just, it's, an, it's, it's a saying that something is wrong with us. I love my truck that I drive. It rusts on the beach. It has problems all the time. I'm not good with mechanics. When something's not working on it, I'm going to take it to the mechanic to get worked on. When it comes to my brain, when it comes to my emotion, when it comes to the things that I'm dealing with, you know what? I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a counselor. It's all right for you to go and seek good Christian counsel. I believe that's a biblical thing as well. Go get some counseling. If you need help with that, let me help you. I'll help in a number of ways. I'll help direct you to, I'll, I'll maybe even be able to help provide you a way to, to do it if you can't afford it. Counseling's good. And here's the last thing. I had a guy approach me about this on the beach side and, and uh, he said, Brian, what about medication? And, and I could tell when he asked me about it, he, he said it like with, like he was ashamed. And I told him, I said, man, I, I think that God's given some people some great brains. There's some doctors that have worked some stuff out and, and realized that 
if there is an imbalance or there's something going on, here's something that, that will help you with what you're going through. And, and if that's the case, I don't, I don't think it's one of these things where God looks down on you or says that this is wrong. If there's a tool that's out there that's helping you, I think it's okay to use it. As I say that, I want to tell you this. Don't get to the point where this is something that just masks what you're going through. Don't, don't go out and self-medicate with the problems that you're dealing with. Talk to a doctor. Seek some guidance beyond what just you feel and think is all right. Prayer, counseling, I think will go a very long way. And so with that, I want to leave you with one last verse. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 7 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today, you say, Brian, I've been dealing with fear. I've been struggling through life. I can't get rid of the thing that I'm, I'm struggling against. Today, I want to choose to sit in the shadow of the Father. If that's you, if you choose the Father today over your fear, I just want you to raise a hand up and put it right back down. This is between you and God. You're saying, God, you know what I'm fearful of? You know what I'm struggling with? I'm going to surrender this to you. I'm going to let you have your way in this thing. It's not something I'm going to strategize against. I'm going to choose to have faith in you. Heavenly Father, you see all the hands that have gone up. You know exactly what we're dealing with. Jesus, I ask you to come in in this moment and to minister to us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come in and would heal us in the areas that we need to be healed, that you would give us courage in the areas where we feel like we are discouraged or weak. I pray that you would charge us and challenge us to grow beyond what we're dealing with, what's in front of us now, and that we would remember, God, that you are all-powerful and all-knowing, are bigger than our problems. This morning, today, the beginning of this week, as we come up in the finishing of this, this season and this year, we proclaim that we choose the Father over the fear. And we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.